On this episode of the OFNT Podcast, the Pixel 4a finally arrives. Along with that, we have some updated iMacs from Apple. And the clock is ticking on TikTok. We have some more stuff too, so let's get this thing started. Hello! And welcome back to another episode of the OFNT Podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart New Tech. I'm your host and resident old fart, Jim Schaefer. I hope this finds you well and you're having a great week. Politics. Well, new normal opinions will take care of that for you. Well, it's starting off with some tech news. Whatever happened to the YouTube channel, Front Page Tech? It hasn't uploaded any content in quite a while, and now I find it's been deleted for violating YouTube's terms of service. The channel's host, John Prozer, had sources within Apple and Google and was a great source of leaked information. At first, I thought Apple's and Google's security teams took action, but I just found out that it was hacked by one of these Bitcoin scam sites, you know, where give us a thousand Bitcoins and we'll give you 50,000 back. Oh, well, I hope he comes back soon. Google unveiled the long-awaited Pixel 4a and all the leaks were spot on. Well, almost spot on. Again, this is the best Android phone I think you can buy at this price especially if you're not a power user. The only discrepancy with the leaks is that the battery is actually a tad larger than reported. Google also announced a Pixel 4a 5G model coming in the hopefully near future. Some YouTube channels have been given the phone in advance and released reviews of them. They generally seem to like the phone. The only knocks I've heard on it is that the phone is not as fast as higher-end and much more expensive models, and the plastic material the phone is constructed of has some give and it creaks. I've yet to see a teardown of the hardware, and until I do, I'll withhold my final opinion of the Pixel 4a. Well, Apple released an update for its iMac line of desktop computers. It keeps the now getting old but still semi-cool looking design, but got a new anti-glare mesh screen option and the latest Intel chips. It also received the T2 security chip, which for some reason still doesn't enable Touch ID for the company's uh, desktop line of computers. The screen features the company's True Tone technology and the optional nano glass will reduce glare. No more standard mechanical or fusion hard drive options are available as Apple has shifted to all flash SSD options. And the webcam has finally been upgraded to 1080p from the anemic 720p camera, which was featured on previous models. The sounds and speakers have been upgraded and also the line is equipped with the usual bevy of ports on the rear of the computer. The lack of Touch ID leads me to the conclusion that Face ID will be included on future models of Macs. This will most likely be the last of the Intel-based Macs, 
Before Apple launches models using their own risk-based chips, dubbed Apple Silicon. Unless you desperately require a new Mac, I'd stay away from purchasing this model. The next update most likely will have a redesign, which, judging from the concept renderings I've seen, will be well worth the wait. FoxNews.com Trump signs executive order banning TikTok in 45 days. President Trump issued an executive order Thursday night that would see the social media platform banned within 45 days. TikTok automatically gathers vast swaths of information from its users, including internet and other network activity information, such as location data and browsing and search history, the executive order read. While TikTok is the high-profile target here, that can be easily remedied by the sale of the U.S.-based operation. Microsoft and Twitter are the two leading candidates to purchase the app, and both are in discussions to do so. Interestingly, Facebook is about to launch a similar competing app, but this all might become moot in the near future. Depending how good the Facebook app is and how it is received by potential users. Myself, I think the real target here is WeChat, the do everything app, which is basically its own operating system. This app is included in the executive order also. Though the number of users in the United States is relatively low, WeChat dominates mainland China, where just about all phones have it loaded. WeChat is a chat, social media, payment, and much, much more app. There's nothing to compare it to in the United States. Banning WeChat would cut off most of the Chinese expat community, and there are already articles reporting that U.S.-based users of the app are scrambling to find a replacement. At least one that's not banned in China. If you think TikTok collects a lot of data, WeChat collects much more than its sister app. In my opinion, this is the real target of the ban. While I can sympathize with people being virtually cut off from families and loved ones because of the ban, let's not forget the Chinese Communist Party bans a host of Western apps, so I have little sympathy. The nation of India has banned this and other Chinese-based apps, and I think they're on to something. ByteDance, the owner of TikTok, has filed a lawsuit attempting to halt the ban, claiming it's unconstitutional. I find that ironic and hope this lawsuit doesn't succeed. Now, if China would allow the banned Western-based apps to operate in China, then maybe we can talk about allowing their apps to operate here. Next, I hope the government looks into the social app Snapchat. The Chinese have a pretty large stake in that app also. Besides what I reported, all was quiet on the tech front this week. Tech I'm using. Well, my motive ring is on its last legs. The ring takes a while to even start to charge and will not fully charge, stopping at about 84%. I fear the end is nigh. So the product lasted less than 10 months. With a company not able to honor its warranty, I would not recommend buying any old stock of this model or even a used one. I definitely will not be buying anything from Proxy, the company that purchased Motive. 
Well, that was the last of the bad news of tech I'm using. Here's the good news. Since properly using the Charge-In Pro memory foam ear tips for my AirPods Pro, and by properly I mean compressing the tips before inserting them into your ear canal, I'm actually favoring the little AirPods over the PowerBeats Pro. Sound quality is just about the same, with the AirPods having the advantage of built-in noise cancellation, while the Beats have better bass response, but not by much. The convenience of size favors the AirPods also. I can't wait to see what Apple does in future models of the AirPods Pro. As mentioned in previous episodes, surround sound is coming to these diminutive earbuds this fall. You have to admit, whether you love or hate Apple as a company, these are a remarkable feat of engineering. Entertainment news, TMZ.com. Kanye still a secret Trump supporter. Fuels spoiler theories. Rudy Giuliani believes Kane West secretly wants Donald Trump reelected, and the former New York City mayor seems to be saying he could hurt Joe Biden's chances. Now, this article was only a small paragraph long, and in my opinion, it's just a form of campaign psyops. It also reflects a slow news week in entertainment. While Kanye can do some damage to Biden, he has to be able to get on a state's ballot, which the DNC is doing everything to prevent. Unfortunately, most articles on my entertainment feed were dribble like this one. One dominating theme was articles on the show 90 Day Fiancé. This low-production show launched a few years ago and features some of the most unattractive or most ignorant or a combination of both U.S. citizens who are petitioning for foreigners to come to this country via a K-1 fiancé visa. Be aware that the producers of this show will pick the most weird or controversial people in this situation that they can. What amazes me is how people can claim to fall in love with somebody they just met by video chatting or messaging. I guess I'm just the resident old fart and prefer to meet people in person. This show has been a goldmine for its network. Other than that, I could find no really interesting stories this week. Podcast News Glenn Beck's podcast has the best audio quality I've ever heard. I know the Lewitt audio mic he uses can't be the reason for this, or the only reason for this. I'd like to know what processing the show uses. The production value of this podcast is as perfect as you can get, in my opinion. On the other end of the scale, kind of, Mark Levin needs a different mic. His voice is high-pitched and gets very grating after listening for a while. I'm pretty sure he uses some sort of condenser mic because all the images and videos of him broadcasting show this. A nice Electro-Voice RE20 dynamic mic with proper audio processing would do his voice good and tame the shrillness of his voice, in my humble opinion. Then again, Westwood One, the company that hosts Mr. Levin and other great podcasts such as the Savage Nation, are known, at least to me, for caring more for content rather than production. For example, you can hear Mr. Savage shuffling papers and snorting while hosting his program, and he occasionally bumps his mic. 
a bit distracting, but I guess I'm sort of a audio nerd. InsiderRadio.com Westwood One podcast architect Susan Grimes signs a new contract. As well she should. Ms. Grimes has helped Westwood One transition on-air radio talent to podcasts, making the company a major player in extending the careers of many of these old radio hosts. And being that they were already producing content and work for Westwood, this was done at no additional monetary investment. Genius. Her base salary is reported at $650,000, which seems like a lot to us peasants, but many in her field have done far less and make much more money. A bargain for Westwood One. Hey, if you're listening, Ms. Grimes, I have a show I can sell you for cheap. Continuing with InsideRadio.com, PocketCast, a podcast player app, has released a new version which lets you sort episodes by duration. Well, that's an interesting feature, which I'm sure will be copied. I've used that app, which is owned by multinational public broadcasters, and while okay, it doesn't hold a candle to apps like Overcast in looks and function. So I really wouldn't recommend it. Next, it seems the podcast, The Fighter and the Kid, which is popular, though I find it self-serving to the hosts and kind of boring, is on pause because of allegations of sexual abuse towards one of the hosts, Brian Callen. He is some sort of comedian. I guess he's had some success on television. He denies the allegation, but four, count them, four women have made the claim against him. This according to InsiderRadio.com. All I can say is, good luck with that, bro. In today's climate, that makes you toast. I guess the uh, other host, the kid, is trying to do it on his own, and I heard he's not doing it well. We'll just see how long it lasts. I just received an email from this show's host, Buzzsprout, which includes instructions on how to get this podcast on Amazon Music and Audible. Though Amazon is not accepting submissions at this time, it appears they are getting ready to, and my host is providing instructions on how to be ready. I look forward to this and want to see how Amazon handles this and what effect it has on this show and the podcasting world. Other than these items, it was more of the same. Legacy media companies buying up independent shows and launching their own podcasts. Okay, it's rant time, but it's more like a rebuttal. Last week's rant brought a bit of criticism from a few listeners, accusing me of being pro-mask, while they were pointing out to me that reports show they aren't that effective. Well, I'm not pro-mask. You do what you want to do. At my age, I'm more susceptible to getting infected by COVID, and who knows how that would affect this old fart body I inhabit. I'm also concerned with the long-term effects I would have if recovering from an infection of this virus. Also, it's not like I'm wearing a mask all the time. I wear one when required and when I know I'll be in close contact with other people. Especially the example I gave last week of working with a guy that has had this virus twice. Not just once, but twice. Also, how if I have COVID and I'm not showing any symptoms? I think I'm doing a, a, a service by wearing a mask. The mask would prevent the droplets that contain the virus from spreading from my mouth to your nose or whatever. 
When I do wear a mask, I go all in, no bandana or cloth covering. I use N80 or N95 certified masks, which are available to me at work, or KN95 certified masks, which I purchase at my own expense while I'm not at work. You know, I see people driving alone, riding bicycles, or jogging wearing masks. I consider that pretty ignorant. What, are you going to infect yourself in these situations? If I see a person not wearing a mask, I say nothing. That's totally up to them if they do or do not want to wear one. I'm not a member of the mask police. It doesn't affect me because I take my own precautions. You know, more members of society should be responsible for themselves and not depend on the government to tell them what to do. All right. Point made, I hope. Well... You're hearing the music, so you should know what that means. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you, and I hope my efforts were worthwhile. You can contact me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you feel so inclined. Let me know how I can improve the show and what content you might want to hear more of. So be safe, and I'll see you next week. Remember... Don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now, mask or no mask, get off my lawn. I'm out. See you next week.